Apostle Paul, he didn't just say he believed something, he was persuaded in his belief. Tonight, if you're saved by the grace of God, it's because you've been persuaded by the Holy Spirit of God to come unto the Savior. That's what happened to the Apostle Paul as well. But here tonight, the Apostle Paul, I believe as we look at this scripture, found in verse 12, he says, For the which cause I also suffer these things, nevertheless, I am not ashamed. For I know whom I have believed, and am persuaded that he's able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. Paul was persuaded certain things. And he talks about that persuasion through his scriptures and through the epistles that he written. From uh, the Corinthian church all the way to where we're at here tonight, he's talking about something that he knows in his heart. Just like you and I know that we're saved by God's grace. There is no getting around that. If you're truly saved by God's amazing grace, His Spirit is a witness to you. Today we are persuaded because that Spirit reveals Himself unto us that are saved, that we truly are the children of God. Now the Bible states again in this portion of Scripture, and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. You have that same confidence tonight. Are you confident tonight in what you say that you believe? Do you know without a shadow of a doubt that deep down in your heart, that Holy Spirit has already persuaded you certain things, and it's things that you can never be shaken on. One of those things is salvation. Salvation, as I spoke of just a moment ago, is something that, that the truly born again individual has within him a witness declaring that we are joint heirs with Christ. So tonight, as we get into this, as I've already stated, there's three things we've already discussed. Things that Paul was persuaded in. Tonight we're going to look at the persuasion of a home in heaven. Paul was satisfied with his own knowledge that when he died, he had a home to go to. Not only, not only in the physical life, but the, the spiritual life. At the very moment of his death, he knew that he would be present with the Lord. Folks, that's something to really rejoice in tonight. May God help us to do just that. Heavenly Father... Lord, as we bow before your throne tonight, we do so with thankful hearts. We thank you, dear God, that your Holy Spirit has revealed unto us the truth of salvation and salvation's plan. Lord, I pray tonight that you bless your people in this house. Remind us again, O oh God, of the manifold benefits that you have given to the redeemed how that you have promised us a home in heaven. Not only our spirit, but our bodies which will be renewed in a time yet coming. Lord, I pray that you'll help us tonight to rejoice and to worship and to praise you for all your goodness toward us. 
Father, bless our evening. Bless this crowd that has gathered in this house tonight. We pray for those that's traveling, Lord, that you would bless them with journey mercy and bring them back this way safely. And Lord, as we anticipate a great revival, Father, I pray that it may begin in our hearts tonight. Lord, we're praying for the salvation of lost souls. And we're praying, praying, O God, that you would touch thy children. Renewing us again the joys of our salvation that we may truly find a time of precious revival. Lord, bless us this evening. Forgive us our sin in Christ's name. And amen. Emmanuel, to our visiting friends, once again tonight we are exploring the Apostle Paul's thought process as it concerns his definite persuasions concerning his faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Again, our text says something affirmative as it concerns the hope by which this great apostle of the faith believed and what he hoped and rested in. He says, once again, for I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. The apostle Paul trusted every word which the Lord Jesus Christ ever spoke. So he was persuaded, first of all, that our soul would be ushered into the very presence of the Almighty at the death of this body. If you'll turn to 1 Peter for just a moment, I want you to notice also something that was stated here by Peter in 1 Peter chapter 4. Notice what it says here in verse 19. It says, Wherefore... Let them that suffer according to the will of God commit the keeping of their souls to Him in well-doing as unto a faithful Creator. We that are saved by the grace of God as as upon our salvation commit our souls unto the keeper of our souls. Now, We're promised this in the Word of God. As a matter of fact, the Apostle Paul, without a doubt, read the words of the psalmist David who who also had the same hope, didn't he not? Go back with me, if you will, to Psalm 31 for just a moment. Psalm in chapter 31, notice what it says here as we look at this in verse 1 and verse 5. Verse 1, to get the context of the commitment that God has made unto us in thee, O Lord... Do I put my trust? You know, if you're saved by the grace of God upon our death, we understand that we are putting our trust and faith that He's going to take us home. It says, let me never be ashamed or confounded. Deliver me in thy righteousness. Now, in verse 5, the Bible says this. Now, the psalmist David had this thought and and no doubt Paul was able to, to pick up on these lines. And the Bible states here, as the psalmist David wrote this, he says, Into thy hand I commit my spirit. Friend, I want you to know tonight, if you are saved by the grace of God, that's exactly what we do. We have, we are persuaded that we have committed our spirits unto the Savior. He says, Into thy hand I commend my, I commit my spirit. Thou hast redeemed me, O Lord God of truth. Paul's strong belief of going to be with the Savior at death was evident in many of his writings. 
As a matter of fact, we go back to 2 Corinthians in chapter 5, and there you see exactly what I'm talking about, 2 Corinthians in chapter 5. Notice what it says here in these verses of Scripture. These first ten verses now know this. Now, there's more to verse 1 than what most people pick up on. Not only, not only is the Spirit prepared a home, but so is this body in a day yet coming. The Bible states this, For we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, this body... You know, Paul was saying if, if this body was to lay down and the spirit was to leave it, it says this, if this tabernacle were dissolved or died, we have a building of God and house not made with hands eternal in the heavens. For in this we groan earnestly desiring to be clothed upon with our house which is from heaven. If so be that being clothed, we shall not be found naked. For we that are in this tabernacle do groan, being burdened not for that we would be unclothed, but clothed upon that mortality might be swallowed up of life. Now he that hath wrought us for the selfsame thing is God, who also hath given us the earnest of the Spirit. Therefore we are always confident now, you see Paul's persuasion here. You can understand that that's the reason why tonight that we are persuaded in heart. The reason why tonight that the born again have so much confidence in the fact that when we leave this life, we're going to be ushered into the very presence of the Almighty is because the Spirit bears witness with us. It says, therefore, we are always confident knowing that while we are at home in the body, in other words, while we are still living upon this earth, we are absent from the Lord. We are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Wherefore, we labor that whether present or absent, we may be accepted of Him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. Now, what I want us to pick up on here tonight is the Apostle Paul's knowledge of life after death. Folks, that's exactly what we have. We are promised that and Paul was persuaded of this and he had strong confidence in the fact that if he laid his life down here, he was going to open his eyes in heaven with his Savior. The Apostle Paul was confident that as his body laid down in death, his spirit would flee to his Redeemer. Oh, that God will grant you that confidence tonight. If you don't have that confidence tonight, if you're not saved by the grace of God, you need to listen to this because this will give you peace. This will give you the, the, the joys of salvation as I spoke a, a, a week or two ago on the, on the, the, the joyful life. You know what a joyful life is? It's knowing you've been forgiven, amen? Knowing that you have a home in heaven to go to if you was to lay down your life here or if he was to come and call you home in the rapture. Think about that. Are you confident in your death? You know, as I said today, and as I was in my study and I was going over this message, 
I was sitting there looking out that window and I was thinking, as I was looking at that, that uh, I got a plum tree and I mean it's white right now. I, sad to say it's bloomed way too early. But as I was looking at that plum tree, it spoke to me something. It spoke of life. Now I've got other fruit trees right beside them that, that have not even a leaf on them yet. They haven't even a bud on them yet. And those look like there was no life in them whatsoever, but that's the same way that that plum tree looked a couple of weeks ago. But now there's life. You know what? Upon our death, there's still life in this old, this old life. Upon our death, this, this, this body that lays down, the Spirit leaves this body. Listen, the only thing that makes this body do what it does is the soul that lives in it. You understand that. This body is going to go back to the dust of the earth. This body is going to decay and it's going to break down one day. But listen to this. The spirit that moves this body is going to be in heaven with its Savior. Now secondly, I want you to think about this. The apostle Paul was persuaded that not only would his spirit go to heaven, but that Christ had prepared a home. Now I want to stop right there for just a moment. Why is Christ preparing a home for us? In John chapter 14, if you'll turn there with me for just a moment. Now again, I believe these are some of the scriptures that the Apostle Paul would have heard of and would have, would have known of. The Bible says here, as Jesus Christ was speaking, as, as John had recorded this, he says this, Let not your hearts be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions, and if it were not so, I would have told you, I go and prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, listen, he's saying he's going to prepare the redeemed a home in heaven. Now think about that. He says, if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am in heaven, there you may be also. Folks, the Apostle Paul was stating here that we've got a home to go to when we leave this life. When this life is over, listen, the Savior has prepared a place for each and every one of us in heaven one day. Christ had prepared a home. What does it say in John 17, just over a few pages in that great intercessory prayer that Jesus Christ was given for His people? In verse 24, the Bible says, Father... I will that they also whom thou hast given me be with me where I am. Where's he at tonight? He's in heaven, folks. He's beside his father's throne. He is standing as he welcomes the saints of God as I, as I was thinking about uh, uh, when Stephen was stoned and when Stephen, when Stephen gave up the ghost. I believe without a shadow of a doubt, listen, that Jesus Christ received him into the very presence of the Almighty in heaven. He says, Father, again, I will that they also whom thou hast given me be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory which thou hast given me, for thou lovest me before the foundation of the world. Without doubt, Paul would have heard the words which John wrote of here and which was spoken by Jesus Christ concerning that home in heaven. In John chapter 13, we'll just back up just a little bit. I want you to look here for just a minute. 
I believe it's verse 36. The Bible says, Simon Peter saith unto him, Lord, whither goest thou? And Jesus answered him, whether I go, thou canst not follow me now, but thou shalt follow me hereafterwards. Folks, I'll tell you tonight, we're promised a home in heaven. In 2 Peter chapter 1, we'll go over here for just a moment in 2 Peter in chapter 1, verses 10 down through verse 15. The Bible says this, Wherefore the rather brethren give diligence to make your calling and election sure, for if you do these things, ye shall never fail or fall. For so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Wherefore, I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things, though you know them, and be established in the present truth. Listen, that's a reason why from time to time your pastor may continue to, to reiterate some of the things that the Bible says because I don't want you to ever forget. That was, that was a, a Peter's calling as well. Listen, Peter said, I don't, want you to, I don't want you to get upset with me for saying this, but I want you to remember. Listen, child of God, remember we live the joyful life because we're not staying here. We're not going to just die and, and everything goes away to nothing. We're, when we die, we're going to be ushered into the very presence of the Almighty. It's like, it's like blinking your eye. When, when, our, when our saints of old have died, they've closed their eyes here and they opened their eyes there. That's what it is. That's what, that's what salvation does for the redeemed. You have a home in heaven. Listen, you have a structure that God, through Jesus Christ, has prepared for each and every one of His own children. And we're going to be there one day. In Revelation chapter 21 and chapter 22, you see that new Jerusalem. You see that new holy city coming down from heaven. Notice what it says, the splendor of it. Notice the, the length, the depth, and the height of it. Notice the gates of it. I want you to notice all these things Jesus Christ is preparing for the redeemed of all ages. He's preparing them for us. Are you happy tonight that you're saved by the grace of God? Listen, as I, and again, folks, there's times in one's life when you look and, you know, maybe you've been around death a lot. Maybe, maybe you've seen a lot of things happen in your life. And I've had people that were not saved by the grace of God uh, as they're going through these episodes of death in a family or what have you. I've seen people who are utterly in despair. I've seen people who have who have uh, been in a in a <clears throat> in a condition that lets me know they have no hope of the hereafter. That's a sad place, buddy. That's a sad place for a pastor to have to to, to have to witness. I mean, it, it it pulls on you, it strains you mentally to see people who have no hope of tomorrow. To see people have no hope of making heaven. To see people have no hope of a home in heaven. Oh, folks, tonight, 
That is a, that's a strain on the Spirit. But know this. We've always, got, we've always got the promise that Jesus Christ left us. Paul was stating to be absent from this body for the redeemed is to be present with the Lord. And Jesus has gone to prepare a place for you and I. What a place it will be. What joys are forever to be had by the redeemed of the Lamb. Listen, another thing that the Apostle Paul was persuaded in is that he would also give his spirit a new home. This is where I wanted to go back to. He would give his, our spirit a new home. Now, just for a moment, notice where your spirit resides now. Your spirit resides in this old temple of clay. Your spirit not only resides in this temple of clay, but your spirit is residing beside the old man. And there is a constant conflict there because this body is entangled with the world. So therefore... That new spirit, the new man, is constantly struggling against the old man. But I want you to stop for just a moment to realize this. When this body is laid down, and it will be laid down, 1 Corinthians in chapter 15 tells us beginning at verse 42 down through about verse 58, you notice what it says here. Now let's go back and read some of this. 1 Corinthians in chapter 15. Verse 42, the Bible says, So also is the resurrection of the dead. It is sown in corruption. That's a reason why today that, that you can't uh, just hang on to a body. Listen, this old body, when it dies, you've got to do something with it or it's going it's gonna, to it's gonna be a, a stench in your nostrils. This old body's got to be planted in the ground. That's what the Bible speaks of here. The Bible says this, it's, it's sown in corruption. In other words, it's planted in the ground to do what it does, corrupt when it's dead. In other words, it, it breaks down and goes back to the dust of the earth. It is raised in incorruption. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. There is a natural body and there is a spiritual body. And so it is written, the first man, Adam, was made a living soul. And the last Adam was made a quickening spirit. Howbeit, that was not first which is spiritual, but that which is natural. And afterward, that which is spiritual. The first man is of the earth, earthly. The second man is of the Lord from heaven. As is the earthly, such are they also that are earthly. And as is the heavenly, such are they also that are heavenly. And as we have borne the image of the earthy, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. Folks, that's, that's a promise to our bodies. Paul was persuaded of the fact that his body was going to become something that it surely isn't now. 
Today, our bodies are wrecked with sin. Our bodies are wrecked with sickness. Our bodies are wrecked with all kinds of ailments. And that's all because of the fall of the first Adam. It says this, Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, neither doth corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed. Now, the Apostle Paul, as he's talking to the church at Corinth here, he's, uh, he's trying to encourage them to understand that, listen, death is not the end of the line. This soul's going to leave, it's going to go back to heaven, and one day, this body's going to be resurrected, a new body. It says, in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trump shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. That's what Paul was stating here. He was sure of it. He understood that when he, when he died, there's coming a day that Jesus Christ is going to raise his body up. Now listen, his body is still planted. His body is still in the ground. His body is still in the corrupted state that it was given. But there's coming a day at that trump when in the twinkling of an eye, Listen, that body's going to come back to life. But it's going to come back a new body. There's a promise here given. It says, For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall put on incorruption, and this mortal shall put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. Folks, I want you to know something. If you don't have that hope, you need to be saved by the grace of God tonight. If you don't have that promise, listen, you need to be saved by the grace of God tonight and you'll have the same persuasion of heart that the Apostle Paul had. Paul was sure of it, so much so that he, that he said this in his writings, that I am persuaded. Amen? I am persuaded. We shall be given a new body. Our spirit shall be given a new dwelling place. In 1 Thessalonians in chapter 4. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. I'm just going to keep on going. The Bible says in verse 13, But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them that are asleep, that you sorrow not even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. I want you to think about that for just a moment. Can you just imagine what that's going to be like? Now, again, in a twinkling of an eye, one third of a second, it's awful quick. You're not going to, you that are redeemed, listen, it's going to happen so fast. You're not going to see the dead raised from the, from the grave. But listen, you're going to see it when you get up there. And just that quick, you're going to see those that you've loved, those that you have honored down through the years. You're going to see those that have been changed. The Bible says this again. 
in verse 17, then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with him in the clouds to meet the Lord in there, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, he said, comfort one another with these words. Child of God tonight, I don't know about you, but I get excited when I think about the fact that this old body is going to be changed one day. I'm not going to feel the sickness and sorrows that I've had. These things that, take, that bother us in our lives. Listen, we go back to, to 2 Corinthians 5 and 1 again. And here the, again, Paul said, for we know. Now think about it. He knew. He had a persuasion of heart. That if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, if it were to die, we have a building of God and house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. Folks, tonight, upon that last trumpet sound, our bodies are going to be changed. That spirit that has gone on before is going to get a, a new home. You see, the home that it has now, it's corrupted. That's the reason why that home has to be laid down and buried and the spirit can go on to heaven. But there's coming a day when that spirit receives that new home, that new body that's being prepared. Revelation 21, and I'm going to come to a close here, but now listen to this. The Bible states this in verse 3 and 4. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. and He will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be their God. And God shall do what? He shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. There shall be no more death. You know why? Because this old body's been fixed. Amen. The sin curse that this old body was plagued with has been lifted. No more will you have to worry about death. Neither sorrow nor crying. Neither shall there be any more pain. You know why? This body of death has been fixed. For the former things are all passed away. A new body that cannot die. A body whose eyes will no longer shed tears. A body in which no sorrow can enter. A body which will never feel pain again. A body in which the spirit will not be restricted. Think about that. You're saved by the grace of God. Paul said, listen, I'm persuaded that we're going to get, we're going to make heaven. I'm persuaded that not only are we going to make heaven spiritually, but these old bodies are going to make heaven as well. These old bodies are going to be changed. And I can just imagine Paul as he suffered there to the end, as he died. I want you to think about it. His spirit was released and it went to heaven. There's coming a day though that body's going to be changed and it's going to be reunited with that spirit and that spirit's going to get a new home. That body's going to get a new home. We're going to be in heaven and we're going to be there rejoicing forevermore because of the change in our home. May God help us to rejoice and be persuaded as Paul was.
And if you're not persuaded tonight as Paul was, listen, you need to trust the Lord as your Savior. You need to know the peace that passeth all understanding. It's going to be good. You're going to be blessed beyond measure. May God help you is our prayer. Let's all stand, please. Our most gracious and divine Heavenly Father, Lord, again, as we bow before your throne, we thank you so much for the day which you've given us. Thank you, dear God, for the time of worship we have had this evening. Thank you, Father, for your goodness and your mercy. Thank you for giving us the insight of a new home in heaven. Not only a material building that's been prepared by Jesus Christ himself, but also, Father, that spiritual body that's going to be changed and that spirit will receive a new home. Oh, Father, tonight I pray you'll bless thy people. Help us to rejoice in our great salvation and all that it affords. Save the soul that's here tonight without you. Lord, bless the saved that have you. Forgive us, Lord, our sin in Christ's name. And amen. Have our song leader, our pianist to come.